Welcome to Mountain Mama Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share, from the zany to the inspirational. Woo! Brought to you from Mountain Mama's, a nonprofit women's adventure organization. Woohoo! <laughs> women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hacken. And I'm Marilyn Boucher, and we are your hosts. And we wanted to welcome you to the 100th episode! <laughs> fireworks! Fireworks! <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> We're super psyched to be together. We're the co-founders of Mountain Mamas, so this is really, really fun for us for the 100th episode. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people on, on go on hikes and things like that, and they want to hear all about us. But first, let me give you a little background to this one, Emily Hacken. We thought we'd share a little blurb from our seedy past. (laughs) (laughs) So we're sisters. We grew up together, sharing, caring, every Every little thing that we are wearing. (laughs) And we grew up with an adventure dad who super involved in scouts, but he had a slew of girls, so he would send us into the mountains. He'd take a group of older scouts to go do something new, right? Rock climbing, rappelling, caving. Um, These are the Explorer Scouts, like the 16-year-olds. Yeah. yeah. And it was crazy. We'd even get one of them on a cliff edge to do their very first rappel. And it would be us, you know, little 14-year-old, little 12-year-old, little 10-year-old <laughs> girl coaching them on what they would have to do. I, re- I, I, have, I have vivid memories of, of guys older than me about to or, in fact, crapping their pants while we were telling them to step over the edge. So... That's fond memory. <laughs> um, but we also did a lot of spelunking or caving, and we would check out all kinds of different places in Utah, all kinds of different caves that you know, lots of people had never been to. And whenever there was a small hole that nobody else could go through, who was it? It was Emily, Dad. <laughs> Emily's the oldest sister. Um, oh, Emily, she'll she'll fit down. Emily, come on, come on down, come on down, come and check out this little. This small little, you know, birthing tube, really, canal. And, and let's shove her down that and see if it could, does it go anywhere? Can we still go? Okay, yeah, we can all still go. We can fit. I remember one time some guy lost his helmet down a hole, and they're like, Emily, go get that for them. That was the worst. Eeps. <laughs> so, yeah, she was. She was this wiry little something or other, and, and every, every nook and cranny was her crawl space. <laughs> and then Marilyn, I wanted to share a fun story about her from her past um, one of our most favorite memories of Marilyn was our dad loved climbing Mount Timpanogos, which is one of the reasons we still do Mount Timpanogos every year. And for those of you who don't, are from the Wasatch Front in Utah, it's just this iconic mountain. It's 12,000 feet, something like that, um, right above Provo City, and you can just see it's gorgeous. So we were he would always try and drag us up there as often as he could. Like when we were like, I remember being like eight years old, Going to it's 16 miles round trip and it's a hard mountain. Like it takes a piece of your soul, kind it's of. It's a, a death march. <laughs> it was when you're for us. eight, especially <laughs> if especially if your dad says, "I'm gonna time you guys. Ready? Let's see how fast we can go up and down. <laughs> go." <laughs> and we're like uh, ten hours. <laughs> he like I think he milked us along the way with like M and M's. I remember that, but I remember a lot of I remember a lot of M and M's. I remember a lot of crying two things I remember. I just remember the crying. <laughs> but there was one story in particular. Marilyn was very upset. I don't know if we were just going to the first waterfalls that are just a couple miles up or we were doing the whole, were we doing the whole thing? 
Were we on the way up or down? We had only just started. <laughs> and my, I love you, Dad, my horrible father was making me hike this ginormous mountain against my free will. <laughs> and she goes up, the first part of the hike goes through these woods, kind of like aspen grove kind of trees, very, um, lots of shrubs and stuff like that. And she comes around a corner and she comes head to head with a... Uh, a moose. A mama moose. A mama mama moose. <laughs> that not too far away, there was a baby baby moose. Like she had a kid and everything. I came around the corner and it was right in my way on the pavement. Right, cut the whole trail. There was nowhere else for me to go. And she was so upset with our father. <laughs> I was mad at this moose, too. <laughs> I just wanted to get up the mountain and down again. And the, the one obstruction between me and doing that was mama moose. <laughs> So I, you tell me, I remember dad said he came around the corner to see you face to face with this moose and you were just like, get out of the way! Like you yelled at her and was like little arm gestures trying to push her away and she looks at you for a second and she's like, yeah, I think I'm going to leave this one alone. <laughs> you could, he's like, you could just see her make the decision. She was not going to mess with this little girl and she totally, yeah, you scared the moose right off the trail. The Her muzzle... The moose's muzzle was this was above my head. <laughs> so that's the height that I was. I was inches below her face. So I was not a formidable opponent by size by any means. But it was actually two German tourists who witnessed it and were terrified and relayed this, you know, the audacity and what is your child thinking to dad because he had... When he came around the corner, the moose was already taking Oh, off. she was they gonna... saw it, and they're like, what's wrong with your daughter? <laughs> so that's the tenacity of Marilyn. You just have to know. She's just fierce. <laughs> and maybe the gullibility of Emily. Now you know. <laughs> so whatever, sure, we'll give that a try kind of attitude. And I have to say that that combination has been so good for... Um, this, this group that we've started. Because I feel like we need, I'm like the gas and Marilyn's like the break. So I'm like the dreamer and she's like, okay, now realistically, what can we really do that is safe for women? And I think it's really worked well. Yep, we have an awesome dynamic. Yeah. It's and we ready. genuinely like each other. It's a, it's a real deal. I know. And we love all our other siblings. There's five of us total. Debbie helps do the podcast as well. She's one of our co-hosts. And we have a brother that a lot of people don't know. Yes. We totally have a brother. He's amazing. He's done many adventures with us. Yeah, he's he's a real outdoorsman. Yes. And then we have a youngest sister, Christine, who is the queen of just all things beautiful and amazing. And she's inspiring to me. I just love her, too. So we have a good crew. We like them all. Yeah. And our folks are still around, just living the dreams. Our mom does horses. And our father just does lots to give back to the community, works, does chess tournaments. and I'm constantly adventuring. Just got back from Antarctica. Oh, yes. He just does that. <laughs> okay, so we wanted to kind of walk you through um, kind of Mountain Mamas, like where it started and how it's changed. And then kind of our dreams for the future for all of you gals who are current Mountain Mama members. So I was going to start with how it got started. It literally was, I was in my neighborhood visiting women, just visiting gals. And just a lot of women were saying that they wanted to get out and do outdoorsy things, but didn't have family, like a spouse or friends, or just didn't have the courage or, or used to do things back in their 20s and now had kids. And now they were like, how do I even start again? And I was like, oh, 
I can totally help with that. I used to guide for a company called Climate, just doing like snowshoe trips and caving trips and things like that. But I was like, oh, we could totally like start people and like do the very first step that these women would need. And so I was totally um, nursing at the time with my first baby and those long dark nights, um, I would just sit there and pencil out the schedule of what we would do for the next year. And I told Marilyn, I'm like, okay, Marilyn, 12 months, 12 new sports. What do you think? Like January is going to be snowshoeing. Then we'll do cross-country skiing, then downhill skiing, and then rappelling, and then mountain biking, and then rafting. And it just got crazier and crazier. Sure. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so we um, got together a group of friends um, in my neighborhood. And then she lives in a nearby city called Springville and a group of gals in her neighborhood. And our very first activity was... January of 2015, where we did a hike called the Donut Falls Snowshoe Hike that you can do. In the summertime, it's only like a mile, but in the wintertime, it's twice as far. It's about um, four miles round trip, three and a half or so. But it's beautiful to this waterfall that goes inside a cave through a hole. So that's you get the donut hole. And so we would take pals, we'd snowshoot up, and we went up the snowy ravine and then um, scampered down into this dark cave and watch the waterfall come down like a crystal chandelier. And we totally ate donuts. That's my favorite thing. I always have to eat donuts at Donut Falls. <laughs> but that was our crew. And I think we had like six or eight gals. And yeah, it was awesome. So I get asked often why Mountain Mom is. And this is really why. She just needs a minute. A minute to be free. A minute to take off the work hat. A minute to take off the wife and mother hat. A minute all her own. This was really the impetus of Mountain Mamas. Emily and I, we were raised uber outdoorsy and would get together often as moms to adventure, but we found ourselves talking about the same subject, mm -hmm. women's mental health. We're all surrounded by these friends, these wonderful people. We always had a friend who just needed a minute, a minute away from her divorce proceedings, a minute away from abuse, a minute away from motherhood monotony, a minute of fresh air. Yeah. And so we found ourselves inviting these women out and outdoors, immersing them in themselves in nature. I feel like I would witness their change. Yeah. It was a sacred privilege. Each trip, many women would come sharing about Mountain Mamas by word of mouth. But each trip I found was for the one. I would personally see how one woman stretched herself, and was now forever changed for the better. She felt alive. She was present in a moment. She was giving herself compassion. The adventure was merely a conduit to connect and thrive. Just magical. And the more that we saw these moments, where more these women were getting their moments, and we were seeing the one, and this makes such a deep impact, we couldn't let go. We had to continue with Mountain Mamas. I feel like from the beginning, it just ended up, the whole premise was to teach a woman how to do something and then she could go do it herself and take other, her like her family, her spouse, her friends or whatever, or just not feel afraid to do it by herself, you know, and that empowerment just spilled over. Yeah, like Marilyn said, into all the rest of their lives in a way that we had not anticipated. And we would hear after we'd been doing this for a couple of years. I mean, I heard some really heartbreaking stories of women who were in just serious, dark places. I had a gal that said she was suicidal. Um, other women, like Marilyn said, that were going through hard things. And like just getting in 
the mountains in a safe place. Like a lot of them didn't have the courage to just get out and do it by themselves. They just needed that little extra push um, to try something even new. Like there's tons of hiking groups, but there were no rappelling or caving or rafting or mountain biking for a woman who wanted to try it for the very, very first time. You know, that can be so intimidating. And for, especially for these women, you pick a thing and like for them to come out and this is the scariest thing they've ever done, Mm -hmm. that they can go from, uh, my favorite thing is from a woman who's never done something ever, ever, and doesn't know if she can to at the end of the activity feel that she can and has the courage and has the strength and it came from inside of her and she's surrounded by all these incredible women who care very much about her succeeding, um, are highly invested in her and her process and her path in life. And that has been incredible. The empowerment really became infectious. And where it started with just the two of us, more and more people were coming, more and more people were wanting to be a part of it. It was this beautiful organic thing that just came and was and was growing and blossoming. And we realized let's let's make this a real deal. Let's make this more than just a friend group that gives a gal a minute, but let's truly make this an organization that people can be a part of. And so we changed it to be a nonprofit from a friend group uh, on Facebook, really, to be a real nonprofit. I feel like and then COVID came. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That year, we didn't know what to do. And so we shut down everything because no one really kind of knew how to operate businesses and groups and things like that. I know the outdoors went nuts, but we kind of took a step back and we're like, let's take a pause this year from our activities and kind of reorganize what we want to do. And yeah, we had decided, you know, we tossed around, should it be a, an LLC, like a small business, or should it be a nonprofit? And we really felt good about it just being a nonprofit, that this is something that we have, we can give our hearts to. And um, yeah, and that was kind of the focus. The focus was not to make a buck off these women, that we wanted to just help these women continue to feel empowered and motivated and continue to work through volunteers and just felt like it was more true to kind of what we wanted to start with and always keep it up. We wanted it accessible to any demographic Anywhere you came from, you know, any financial status, just anything, no matter who you were, no matter where you were from, we wanted this to be something that was accessible to you. And yeah, it is. It is a very cool thing that any woman can join and it is incredibly accessible and very enveloping. It is in no way, I'll tell people, I, I didn't, and I'm glad that we're not some, some spandex, you know, power clicky group of women. It's not that case at all. We have new women every activity and they're lifting and buoying each other up. It's, it's really cool. And with that, with it not just being myself and Emily leading every trip. And like I mentioned, it was infectious. We had women who wanted to be a part of it, who wanted to help participate and wanted to help lead and guide and train. And so that's where it went to. It went from an Emily and Marilyn leading a whole bunch of things to we have now 49 assistant guides. We have now 16 lead guides who take on and lead all kinds of trips throughout the year. So our our calendar of fun trips and activities has exploded in a really cool, positive way. And these women will lead one trip a year, you know, or, or if they choose to even more than that. 
and it creates all kinds of opportunities for more women. The more assistant guides and lead guides we have, the more other women can come. So it, it's really cool. It just makes it very welcoming and yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's so exciting how this is magnifying. And we started the, I mean, that was kind of a cool thing that happened from COVID too, is in the fall, that was when we decided to start the guide program. And it was just random gals. We None of us were professionals. <laughs> we probably would have liked some of us to have been professionals. But none of us were. And we kind of went through all the training regimens that other groups did and the qualifying requirements they have for kayaking and rafting and rock climbing and all the things. We um, looked at things from this uh, Boy Scouts of America and, and came up with a litany of qualifications that we wanted. So if a woman wanted to be an assistant guide, she needed to have her first aid and CPR certification. And then we had this like two or three skills that she she needed to know how to do the thing and then some rescue things, you know, and but nothing too complicated. And then we ended up teaching everybody in-house. We started doing these guide conferences. And then women that were more proficient and wanted to take it to the next level that first few years, that first year actually was just me and Marilyn, an incredible woman named Charlene, and also one of my dearest friends, Erin. And the four of us were like, we're going to get our wilderness first responder and we're going to be lead guides. And that's kind of how that program started and tried to learn a lot about all the activities we did. We were already leading them anyway, but now wanted to kind of take it to the next level. So that's kind of how that, that program began. And then we just thought, you know, we got to make these concise for women who are working or moms and craziness of their lives. And so we just did a guide conference in the spring and one in the fall. Um, each had like eight, six to eight activities um, and different ones in the spring and the fall. And so if a woman was able to go to these, which we charged nothing, <laughs> they were free. Um, and then she could qualify to be an assistant guide or lead guide for the following year. We are like dedicated to women and this is something we do year after year after year. And so this kind of slow training process, I think really helped build women to be invested in the program and help them also see women and the joy that we were feeling. And now they could feel that as well. And it's just continued to snowball from there. Mm -hmm. And I meet like women every trip who I'm like, you would, we always say like, you would be an awesome guide. You need to be guides. And the gals who maybe aren't there yet say, that's something that you could do if that's like on your radar. Because I feel like after a woman's done something and tried something for a few times or a few years, you know, there comes a point where she wants to help other people. And it just, it works really organically. It's not something we ever require, but it's just something that, that women just do naturally, which also helps with, I think, the welcoming of all the groups because their groups are filled with young, like new people, a lot of them, or at least a handful of them. And then the women who are leading it used to be new um, just a year or two before. And they're highly invested in helping the women on that trip. We also got insured and started doing waivers. <laughs> and our insurance company we've loved is it protects our assistant guides and lead guides while they're leading trips. That's the whole purpose of it. We have some confidence in the company that we landed with thus far. Uh, great confidence as they ensure wackadoo trips of, <laughs> you know, dropping out of helicopters in the Himalayas to going up to Mars. This is the company <laughs> that ensures us. And so we are a, a minor concern to them. And they were blown away, really, by Emily's uh, safety and medical policies and procedures that we follow, you know, along with Wilderness First Responder, as we are very attentive and aware and thorough when it comes to everyone's safety. Yeah, we have base commanders for every trip that's not present on the trip. It's usually one of our spouses or the lead guide spouse. Um, and they have a full list of everyone's emergency contact and medical information um, in case people have allergies or things like that, that, you know, if something goes south, 
we just kind of, you know, whatever the women are willing to share, we have for our lead guides and our, and our base commander. And then we have beacons, the emergency beacons on any trip that doesn't have cell phone reception. And our lead guide checks in with our base commander at the beginning, middle, and end of every trip. And yeah, it's been fantastic. We've had to use them and they love it. Our base commanders are just like, yes, I can help. And we fill out trip reports. Our guides fill out a full trip report before every trip. And they report on the conditions. They are required to do a recon of every trip before they go, whether it's two weeks ahead or some of our bigger trips, we can do a year in advance. But we try and make sure every trip has had a guide there to check it out. So you know that the woman who's taking you has been there and has kind of worked out the risks and the and the glitches and is taking you on something that she feels is very safe. Mm-hmm. And and then, yeah, then that the trip report tells the base commander when he or she needs to contact family members if we're being if we're late or contact search and rescue. Mm-hmm. The gals think it's hilarious, I feel like, if we're doing like a little two-mile hike that we have all these things in place. But we tell our guides, we're like, this is to help you learn how the process works. So when you do bigger things, it's just going to be a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all very well thought out. And and really, if we have, you know, in a given month, 20 activities or I don't know, it, it's really 40 activities because every single trip has already been checked out one time before you've ever gone on it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's far more than that. Yep. And ladies are always wowed by that. We run a lot of different uh, kinds of trips, which is kind of fun. We do a range from... Things that are close and short and easily accessible to monthly trips where every month actually has its own focus from November is caving and January is snowshoeing and February is cross-country ski and downhill and backpacking in July. So each month has its own emphasis where for sure we'll have one big trip where you can come as a first-timer or a beginner, and we'll teach you in, uh, skills, uh, knowing how to do that specific cool outdoor thing so that you're a little bit more proficient in it. Yeah, but and it's it, called an intro clinic is what we call them. And it doesn't just end there. We Again, Emily said she's the gas and I'm the brakes. She's the schemes. So we don't just have close and locals or um, intro clinics. or We have far more than that. We've got family trips that we've done. We have international trips that we do. We just we started do. those we last year. We have extreme trips. <laughs> Um, which are really cool. A lot of those are largely canyoneering trips. So we've done all kinds of things. Our international is um, fairly new. We did our first trip last year, which was Banff, Canada. Oh, Canada. <laughs> we thought we'd start native land. where someone spoke English. Yes. <laughs> and we could drive. Huge success. Banff, forget about it. If you haven't been. Go. And then this year, our second year international trip will be Mexico. We started that from a woman's idea. Like all these things come from the women. Like we have some schemes, but a lot of times we're on a trip and a woman's like, why don't we try this? Why don't we try that? And we're like, why not? Let's give it a go and see yeah. how it works. So now next year is going to be Italy. We're super excited. Marilyn's husband um, leads Italian trips already. So that was a no brainer. And then we're going to start heading to Central and South America with Costa Rica and Puerto Rico. Then hopefully to Thailand and Iceland. And you should know that the international trips we do are kind of like your girlfriend's on a budget backpacking trip. That's the mm. kind of trips we do. Good clarification. Yeah, we try to keep it as budget-friendly as possible. Yeah, we're like staying in hostels or really cute Airbnbs, or but we're looking for that really sincere, you know, being with the people and um, getting outside and, and just kind of having a really beautiful experience um, wherever we are with some sort of adventure component. Yeah. But yeah, it's not like the fancy cruises or anything like that. But it's also not 
totally killing yourself roughing it. <laughs> we, we, we balance it out with hotels and nice Airbnbs. And yeah. I wanted to make one... Uh, one thing clear, Mountain Mamas is not for women who have children. Mountain Mamas is for every every woman. You mean like you don't woman. have to be a mama. Yeah. yeah. 18 or older is our age cutoff, but otherwise it's up until however old you are. There's no, there's no cutoff there and anyone that identifies female as well. So I just want to make sure people know that Mountain Mamas is... For everyone. Is, is very yeah. female inclusive. Absolutely. And going forth in the future, we have so many dreams and schemes. I feel like um, we want to start doing races. We just started doing testing. We do beta testing on our guides, which is a perk, I think. Emily has a scheme. She's like, all right, let's get all the guides. Who wants to give this a try? So this last year, we did adventure racing. Um, and, and this is meant for a woman who's never done one ever and just barely learned how to do something. That's the kind of adventure races. So we um, did a one that involved kayaking rock climbing, rappelling, mountain biking, and trail running up in one of the canyons near us. All in one day. And it's like individual sport. And you just do the best you can. And we had all sorts of drama. People got lost. And it was it was a movie. It could have been a movie. It would have been awesome. So we worked up the bugs with our guides. And hopefully we're going to do that for our women next year. And then this year we're also, this 2023, we're um, checking out road rallies. So Emily is going to take any, any willing victims out into <laughs> that. San Rafael Swell, which is in central Utah, and we're going to go, um, the women are going to get in teams of two, and then you have a support vehicle as well, and just find your way through the desert, five checkpoints and the fastest ones, but I don't know, it just seems like a blast, so um, we'll see how that goes, and we'll also start doing trail run races, but none of these are for crazy athletes, we just, the whole point of these is for women who just learned how to do this thing and likes it and wants to just try and see what it would be like to to do the thing. And I'm glad you said that because I feel like a lot of women are hesitant to join Mountain Mamas because they think we're some tiger outdoor women adventure, you know, amazing. But that's not the case at all. That's not the case. It really, truly is for you at any level, at zero level, at any athletic ability, at zero athletic ability, at any health level at a zero health level. It's it's really fun that we have on our trips a huge range of ages too. We'll have 18 to 65 pretty consistently mm-hmm. on trips. And we have a good pack of 70 year olds too. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. That's right. Who frankly are, you know, like, like a hashtag life goals kind of thing. We all want to yeah. be them when we grow up. Yes. But yeah, it really is remarkable that it's your own ability of what you think you're physically capable of or if you think you can't or aren't quite at that's not the case this is this is your place regardless of your age or ability yeah in closing we wanted to share some testimonials of women and this one is from michelle because of mountain mamas i am braver more confident and strong i'm not afraid to try new things anymore mountain mamas has honestly changed my life I am tickled pink at my texts that I receive after trips so frequently from women who have these testimonials. A gal, Jenna, she says, my attitude has gone from a depressing, I'll never be able to do, fill in the blank, to look what I just did. These ladies are truly helping hundreds of women discover that they are capable of doing anything they want. Thanks, Jenna. That's awesome. (laughs) 
And another woman named Jenna, she shared, women are able to feel empowered in tackling challenging opportunities, not only in nature, but when they go back home and work through challenging situations at home, work, or other challenges in their personal lives. And I have to say, we get a lot of this feedback. Um, One of the things we do as a kind of a close to home, simple activity is uh, self-defense. And Marilyn and her husband and another woman named Candace um, do this a couple times a year, and it is powerful for these women. Um, it's, we just keep it real and simple, and and they go away with real usable skills and things. Just the being feeling as a woman to go from a situation where you may have been vulnerable in the past, that now you have been empowered with skills to protect yourself, it changes these women in the other facets of their lives. And we've heard just just skin tingling stories that are just beautiful and and it's whatever is for you you know I feel like the mountains are so healing to me and my whole soul feels so healed and to be in a place with other women who love it just as much and and just love being there and feeling a little challenge and trying something new whether it's on the water or on a rope or in the earth in a cave or just in a hike is just it's just incredible I can't even say Yeah, it's the reward. Yeah, it's so highly rewarding. (laughs) It truly, truly is. And it, yeah, it it stems from being a part of this incredible moment of seeing this woman rise above what she was ever thinking she was capable of being and seeing that that is, in fact, who she is. It's, yeah, it's an incredible thing. And we have lots of people say, oh, man, I wish I had mountain mamas where I were. I live. Yeah. And if you're not in the Utah area and this speaks to your soul, I mean, our goal long term is to create chapters in other places in the U.S., in the world, whatever. So email us and let us know, you know, if that's something that really speaks to you and you want to know the skills on how to get started. We would love to help you um, at MTN, M as in mountain, T as in Tom, N as in nickel, mamas with an S at uh, mamasutah at gmail.com. <laughs> but yeah. And then, of course, you guys all will know, check us out at mtmamas.org, our website. We have all the trip signups and how to join. And uh, even if you want to look at our, we have a brand new website out this week that's going to feature our 21 different activities that we do. And each of them has kind of what upcoming trips we're doing in that category, say for backpacking. It shows our current guides. And then it has a gear list. Uh, that we recommend, and then training videos. So if you're not in the Utah area, you can use those two sections uh, and become empowered yourself. Get the, get the gear and get the training and get out into the mountains. Mm-hmm. Be a part of our online community. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We're so delighted to have you be a part of this conversation. And this is just such a monumental podcast. And I'm so glad, Marilyn, that you could come and join and throw in your 10 cents and your... I just love any time you share your thoughts and your inspirations. And yeah, Marilyn is the panache. I'm the dreamer. And she is, <laughs> she's the panache. Happy 100. Yay, 100. <laughs> That's it for today's adventure. Join us next time. And as always, remember, a woman's place is in the mountains.